Welcome to another edition of the Flathead Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, Micah Drew, recording from the beautiful, sunny Flathead Valley. It's Friday, July 9th. Summer is in full swing now that we've passed the 4th of July holidays, and with that come hordes of tourists, great weather for spending time on the lakes or hiking to a new mountaintop, and of course, the summer issue of Flathead Living Magazine. The new issue of the magazine hit stands last week, and so I went and tracked down Flathead Living Managing Editor Justin Franz in his Columbia Falls home last week to talk to him about the new issue. The interview was courted just two days after the magazine first arrived in town, and he hadn't actually seen a hard copy yet, which added to what was a very enjoyable chat. Before we get to Justin, though, a quick reminder that this podcast is sponsored in part by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Members support all of our journalism in all of its forms, in print, online, and here in the podcast studio, and they do so for as little as $5 per month. Plus, they get some extra perks too. So to find out more or join today, visit beaconeditorsclub.com. here with Flathead Living editor Justin Franz for our once a quarter podcast where we dive in to the latest issue of Flathead Living. The magazine hit stands on Monday, uh, which Justin does not know yet because he does not leave his house uh, unless he's editing the magazine. So uh, we're going to talk about this. He spent a lot of time with this issue, even though he hasn't seen the final copy, but it is beautiful. It is on stands now, and everybody should go read it. But Justin, how are you doing today? I'm mildly disappointed you didn't bring me a copy of the magazine that I helped make. <laughs> it was my intention. I, I, you know, just didn't have enough coffee in my system before I left the office, and it just slipped my mind. That's fair. That's so I'm fair. realizing uh, there's a phone ringing on my computer in the background. That's okay. Okay. Someone can edit it out. All right. I'll have to edit it out. You edit that out. Or you leave it. Who cares? Um, yeah. No. Uh, I'm very glad to hear that it has finally arrived from the printer on its long journey from our new printer in beautiful North Idaho, uh, which means it will now be coming out when we say it comes out. So the summer issue is now out in the summer, as opposed to the old system where we would produce a fall issue and then it would come out in winter and then winter and spring. Well, now we have a good backup option because we can just send somebody to Northern Idaho and it's only like a four hour drive as opposed to Colorado, which would have been way more gas money than the beacon would want to pay for. Especially now. I mean, that would have been expensive a year ago. Now, very cost prohibitive. Whereas, yeah, we could, if we needed, we could drive out to, (laughs) to the Coeur d'Alene area and load up my Outback with a bunch of magazines <laughs> and deliver them. We could cut out the middleman and just pick them up and deliver them across the back. Well, on all those days that you just need an excuse to leave your home, you should just go on the delivery route. I don't know why we're wasting your talents here. That's, I, you know what, it's uh, getting back to the basics. Sometimes I dream of that. I'm a paper boy. <laughs> well, let's dive in a little bit to this issue. Yes. Summer issue, swinging into summer as our lovely little thematic title off the cover because we do have a lovely baseball player. Yes. Part of the new Glacier Range Riders on the cover. Talk to me a little bit about uh, this summer theme 
and diving into it off the cover. Well, you know, every issue of Flathead Living, we want to give uh, we want to give something to everyone. You have stories that are going to be of interest to everyone. But of course, we are a seasonal publication, and mm. we come out every quarter: spring, summer, fall, winter. And so, um, you know, there are some summer themed stories in this one. And coming off the cover is a story by you about. Uh, Kalispell's new baseball team, the Glacier Ridge Riders. Range Riders. Range Riders. Darn it. So close. I keep mixing those up, and I think I think there was a couple in the... There's the you mix it up with the Ridge Riders or the Rangers, and it's just, you know... It's tough. It's just too uh, close. I literally, just as I was about to say that, I was like, I'm going to get this right, and I got it wrong. Uh, but with Kalispell's new professional baseball team, we have a, a great story by you about that. And that's coming off the cover uh, because there's nothing more summery mm. than baseball. Although so. that being said, I did get to go to opening night uh, two weeks ago. How was that? Uh, it was 35 degrees and raining the whole time. Absolutely frigid. Uh, but other than that, I mean, beautiful atmosphere, you know. Stadium is beautiful, although was not yet complete. How, how are the hot dogs? Uh, they smelled great. You didn't as, have one? So I did not point. have one. It was too cold, and I didn't want to hold my hand out and do the... But, you know, I bought a nice hat, so now I can rock my Range Riders hat. And it has Cliff, the mascot, the... Uh, the goat? The goat mascot named Cliff on it. Excellent. So I can rep that. But. And the bear is named Huck, right? The bear is named Huck. Yes. I did read your story. It's just been like a <laughs> month ago when we were putting this magazine together. But yeah, so we have that story coming off the front. We've got a really great story from uh, Flathead Beacon senior writer Tristan Scott mm-hmm. called A Wild and Scenic Conundrum about the challenges of managing the Flathead River system including the north, middle, and south forks of the Mm. river. Um, You know, obviously anyone, uh, be it a local or a visitor to this valley, will know that visitation to the Flathead Valley is skyrocketing. uh, And one way uh, that we are seeing that is just how many people are recreating on the Flathead River system, Mm. uh, especially around Glacier Park, just north of here on the north fork or east of here on the middle fork. Uh, and in many ways, that river system is being loved to death. And Tristan dives into the challenges of managing that resource and some of the the efforts that are being done locally to try and alleviate those pressures to the river. And that's a really good story. Hmm. And that's an important story. I think that's something I want uh, every issue to have is a story that really tackles uh, a local issue that uh, is facing the valley. You know, I think sometimes maybe a glossy magazine gets a reputation of of looking at the world through rose-colored <laughs> glasses. Uh, and, and that's certainly the case with all the pretty pictures in this magazine and the wonderful design. <laughs> but we do also want to, you know, you know, take a, a realistic view of things mm-hmm. uh, and inform people and educate people about, about what's happening in the valley. And so that's another really good story that felt perfectly designed for the summer issue because you know recreating on water is a very summer activity you sure, certainly can't do it in fall winter or spring i mean you could but it wouldn't be a good time. it would be it would be very cold and actually as i was driving past here even though we had a freak rainstorm like 20 minutes ago there's still people out of course I don't get it but in all weather i mean when you're on vacation can't you gotta can't, do it can't let those uh 
let those moments go to waste. Although, yeah, I, yeah. A friend of mine invited <laughs> me to go uh, paddleboarding this afternoon, and I was like, I it was is chilly. I was no. intending to go paddleboarding after work today as well, and uh, I have now changed my mind about yeah. that. And- Yesterday would have been a great day for it. It was like hot. It was like in the eighties. <laughs> uh, but yeah, today no, not so much. Yeah. I get, but at the same time, if we keep having these little like ups and downs of the weather, it's like, ooh, it's hot, ooh, it's cold, ooh, it's hot, ooh, it's cold. That's good because then no fire season. No fire season. And it won't really feel like, you know, summer will ever end because all of a sudden we'll just like look and the, the next cold will just be snow and we'll be like, well, it's it just all blended together exactly. this time. Yeah. It'll be no, there'll be no like sad <laughs> goodbye. It'll be a see you later, something like that. Yeah. We'll, figure out. yeah. well, one of the stories I would love to dig in a little bit with you is your follow-up feature on the identity of uh, Flathead's really only cold case death. Cold case murder? Cold case... Cold case. Yes. Cold case. Uh, uh, unidentified cold case. Unidentified cold case. Unidentified body cold case. Yeah. This yeah. is something that I feel like does not there- happen often in magazines like this, is that you do a very direct follow-up on, on a story that was published... Was it yeah, a year and a half ago, ago two, two years, years ago? ago? Yeah. Uh, two years ago, uh, I had done a story back when, when Myers-Reese was still editing the magazine and I was just a lowly little writer. <laughs> I uh, did a story about um, a fellow by the name of Cliff Doe. Cliff Doe were, was the name that the Flathead County Sheriff's Office gave to remains that were found at the bottom of a cliff in Marion about 20, 30 minutes west of Kalispell. Uh, Two hunters found these remains in the fall of 2003. And uh, about, uh, yeah, two, two hunters found, found these remains. And ever since then, no one's been able to identify uh, this person. They, they had an idea that it was a male between the ages of 30 and 40, uh, you know, X number of pounds, X number of height. Um, you know, they had, they had ideas of, of who this, like, as in like, you know, it was a male, they knew that, but they didn't know anything else. There was no ID found with them, nothing like that until, um, a, one of the detectives secretary at the Flathead County Sheriff's office, uh, a woman by the name of Shelly, uh, got interested in the case mm-hmm. and started sort of picking away at it. She uploaded all of the information, all the known information, to, uh, you know, the John Doe and Jane Doe uh, DNA databases uh, that are, are found around the country, uh, sought media attention through uh, a podcast and through our magazine. And uh, and so I, I wrote about it in the summer of 2020 hmm. for Flathead Living. What was it that first clued you into the case? Uh, Shelly had reached out to me in the spring of 2020 uh, because we had uh, my old colleague and I, Andy Miano, had done a podcast uh, about a missing person. Uh, in this case, a person named David Burr, who was a militia leader. Little plug if you haven't listened to Project 7 yet. Uh, but yes, please listen to it. It's still the most important thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we had done a podcast and Shelly had listened to it. And reached out to me and said, maybe you'd be interested in doing this story. Hmm. And so in the summer of 2020, we hung out with Shelly. We went out to the site, wrote the story. It was a really interesting story, but I wasn't holding my breath that we would ever find out who Clifto was. And then 
in February of this year, I get a call from Shelly out of the blue mm. saying, hey, we figured out who Cliff was. And I was, <laughs> you know, surprised. Yeah. And uh, um, and so, you know, I, I initially thought that I would do a short story, you know, in the front of the magazine. We have a, the section called 48 North. Mm-hmm. I figured I would maybe just do a short little follow up, uh, you know, like, hey, I need the guy. Little update if you Little remember update, the story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then in May of this year, I uh, um, the, the the gentleman's family, the Clifto is a, a fellow by the name of Stephen Gooch. His family uh, came out to the Flathead mm. to uh, recover the remains, meet the detectives that sort of piece this all together, and Shelley and the family invited me to go out to the site with them and, and spend mm. a day with them. And so, you know, my initial idea of like, Oh, this will be just a short little update piece was like, no, it's much more interesting. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, it's rare that you, it's rare that a family will trust you with that type of access. And so I knew I didn't want to just write it and then shuffle it off in a, on a one page thing. I thought there was more to the story. And so, yeah, I was able to spend some time with the family, learn more about Steven, who he was. And, uh, yeah, it turned into a, a much bigger story than I ever thought. And it's never my intention to try and steal eight pages uh, <laughs> of, your own magazine. of my own magazine away from our very talented <laughs> writers who work at the Beacon. But the one plus to being an editor is that I can do that when I want. <laughs> and this was a moment I wanted to do that. And I thought it was a story that was worthy of it because it's, uh, again, this is Flathead County's only unidentified or had been Flat County's only unidentified death. So, so often when we're reporting the news or reporting on stories, even features, they're usually ongoing, ongoing discussions, ongoing plans, ongoing, whatever it is. And we just get to continue coverage. It's not really often that you get to report on something and then receive closure on your reporting. Yeah. What is it like to have like an actual open and shut a series of reporting that you did. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's a really good question. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I, it's very satisfying, you know, I think mm. it's, yeah, you do stories like, uh, like, uh, the Clifto case. And, you know, I think when I finished that story, I was happy with it, uh, but I was definitely thinking like, huh, wonder who that was. Yeah. I guess we'll never know. Uh, especially when you spend so much time with people like mm. uh, Shelly, who is so invested in in figuring this out, like you become invested in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, when you when you spend that much time with people, you become invested in them and you want to know just as much as they do. Um, but, yeah, so when I wrote that in 2020, I was, you know, it's like, yeah, I guess we'll never know. Um, but so, yeah, to, to be able to bring it full circle was it was great because, yeah, now there's no. There's no question. I mean, I guess there is question. You know, there are still... You'll have to read the story to find out what those questions are. But there are some questions. How do you get there? Um, but, uh, but yeah, that that is... It was very satisfying to be able to bring this circle, story full mm. circle. Well, as well highlighted, a good, a good eight pages, a, a great feature uh, for you to just plug yourself in there. But 
I don't even, plan on doing that every month. Even every a, even as a reader, having that kind of closure from a story that people may have read two years ago is really exciting to be able to return to. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, piecing through the rest of the stack of papers you're looking at. Yes. <laughs> because, again, you, you do not have a copy of your own magazine. I Well, you know, uh, yeah, it's a little oversight, people, maybe. People but. could have brought it to me. Uh, one of the new things we have this time is a, is a photo essay. Uh, we have a very talented media director, uh, Hunter D'Antuano, who... Um, is, I mean, probably one of the most skilled photographers in the business, and he gets uh, his own little feature here as opposed to just augmenting all of our stories. We got to feature him. Talk about that decision. Yeah, uh, you know, I... Hunter is an incredibly talented photographer, wonderful to work with, and, you know, I've I've long been a fan of his drone photography. Mm. I just think he, he, you know, I, I... do a lot of photography myself. I have a drone. It's a fun and interesting tool. Uh, but the way Hunter uses it is really, he, he just has a certain eye and he finds really interesting images from the sky, you know, images that are, are just unique. He just looks at the world in a different way. And, you know, far too often, not far too often, but a lot of the time in Flathead Living, we do a lot of stories that are, based entirely on on the written word mm-hmm. you know the 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 reporting and the words come first and and how we'll illustrate it is a question that we'll ask ourselves later <laughs> uh and that's not really fair in a magazine like flathead living because we print it on really nice paper and we should put some really pretty images on those paper uh pieces of paper and so uh earlier this year i asked hunter if he would put together a photo essay about his drone work uh, in the last year. And I thought it came out great. I thought the writing was fantastic. Uh, Hunter is a a heck of a good writer. And uh, yeah, the images are great. And one of my favorite images is uh, one that he took at the beginning of the pandemic of uh, looking directly over down on downtown Whitefish, just completely empty in March of 2020. And then he went back the the same day at the same hour a year later and, and took a picture where, you know, it was bustling again. And I think that's just a, was just a fantastic juxtaposition and they got, they're just really great, great stories. And Hunter, Hunter does great photography, every issue. You can mm-hmm. see his photos on, on the cover of just about every issue, but I really wanted to, to highlight his work and give him a place to showcase it, uh, and showcase his work and also his vision. And, uh, and I hope we can do start doing that every issue. So, well, then uh, give us one other thing in the issue that uh, you're really excited about how it turned out, uh, and then we'll just you know make sure people know that they can pick up the issue on stands right now. But what is one other thing that you are really stoked on on how it turned out here? I have a, uh, what do I want to talk about. I better edit this part out. Um, uh, I really like. Um, Butch LaCrome, one of our mm. frequent uh, writers, uh, he's a, a freelancer for us. He did this really great story on the restoration of the St. Ignatius mission, mm. which is um, this church in St. Ignatius that, um, you know, it's a beautiful building on the outside, but I think the real highlight are these beautiful old murals that are found on the inside. And uh, he had... Uh, uh, he had done a story about the efforts to restore them. It was a, a huge, very expensive restoration effort. And talk about actually, you know, stories that come full circle. I remember doing a story for the Beacon about five or six years ago when they were trying to raise money mm. 
to restore these. And it was like, a, it was like a million bucks. It was a very expensive art project. Uh, and so it was great to, to see this project come full circle and be able to share the story of this restoration effort. And, you know, you learn a little bit about the murals uh, and again, great, great images. You can get an idea of, of, of how beautiful this church is. Um, yeah, I don't even think you have to be religious to appreciate the the interior of this building. Um, and yeah, they're really beautiful murals. And so it was really cool to be able to highlight that effort. Yeah, it's fun when we can get... The magazine does allow us to expand our coverage area a little bit more than our weekly beacon and highlight some of these amazing places just outside of the, the immediate northern Flathead Valley. And certainly anytime you go through St. Ignatius, it's absolutely worth stopping in and taking a look absolutely. at the mission. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Justin, I appreciate you sharing your, your thoughts on the magazine. It's always great to chat Anytime. with you about it. Uh, before we go, I do have to ask, what are these photos about you? We oh. are, we're recording this podcast in Justin Franz's house, and behind him, it's a series of four pieces of artwork that appear to be celebrities sitting on sandwiches. Yeah, there's a, an Instagram account <laughs> um, uh, called Celebrities on Sandwiches, and... Uh, <laughs> And so we, uh, we, my wife and I thought they were quite humorous and we wanted some art for our breakfast nook area, which is where we're sitting, uh, with a table that I built, I, I might add. Very sturdy. Very sturdy craftsmanship. Uh, but we decided that we wanted some, some, uh, food adjacent art. And so we decided to get four prints of these celebrities on sandwiches. Uh, we picked them based on, you know, diversity of people and sandwiches. Uh, so for example, uh, here's Freddie Mercury of Queen, uh, on a, a sh- standing on a shrimp po' boy. And it has a little flag on it that says, I'm just a po' boy. Nobody loves me. So yeah, that's what those are about. Uh, I will link that Instagram account in the show notes because these are just too good to uh, not share. Yeah, (laughs) they're delightful. Good sandwiches, celebrities. There's a shirtless Jeff Goldblum on a... I think it's a breakfast sandwich. Looks like a breakfast bagel or something. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle Obama. It's a good lineup. Yeah. All right. Well, Justin, thanks again for all your work on putting this magazine out. It's always fun to write for. Always great to see the finished product. And I hope one day you'll be able to see that. I would, you know, I'd love to be able to see the finished product myself. It would have been nice to have had one for this. Instead, I'm looking at, at edit sheets that were dug out of my office trash can. Well, Justin, thanks a lot. Thank you very much. <laughs> As always, a big thanks to Justin Franz for chatting with me on the podcast about the latest and greatest things in this issue of Flathead Living Magazine. The magazine is distributed on stands throughout the Flathead Valley, so be sure to pick yours up soon. Now, here are a few stories from this week that you should know about. Snowplow crews continue to clear the Going to the Sun Road as Glacier National Park prepares for the road's latest opening in park history. Excavators have begun plowing snow just beyond Logan Pass, marking the achievement of a major landmark in road clearance, but considerable work lies ahead. Officials say that Going to the Sun Road will be passable no earlier than July 13th, and several variables could delay that process even further into the summer. 
While snow clearing teams and weather specialists expect that visitors will be able to traverse the entire road this season, they remain cautious and urge parkgoers to be prepared for such a late start. Currently, cars are permitted on the road up to Avalanche Campground on the west side and Jackson Glacier Overlook on the east side. Hikers and bikers may travel past these stopping points, though the extent to which foot and bike traffic is permitted is based on changing avalanche hazard assessments, which are updated every Thursday by the park. Officials urge visitors to check the park's website for the most up-to-date information and make sure they abide by all regulations to avoid danger and federal penalties. Over near Columbia Falls, a developer has submitted an application for a planned unit development east of the Flathead River and south of U.S. Highway 2 that could bring a total of 455 units of housing spread out across 49 acres of land, with a combination of single-family dwellings and apartments. The Columbia Falls Planning Board and Zoning Commission will host a hearing on the development at their July 12th meeting before the City Council considers the development later this summer. The engineering firm behind the River Highlands planned unit development, WGM Group, and the lead developer, James Barnett of the Flathead Mountain River LLC, were also the architects of the Mountain Gateway development that was voted down by the Whitefish City Council in February. And finally, the Flathead County Commissioners unanimously voted to appoint Carmen Cuthbertson to the Imaginif Library Board of Trustees at their June 30th meeting elevating a controversy that has shrouded board activities for nearly a year and inviting immediate backlash. Cuthbertson was the primary individual behind the push to remove the book Genderqueer from the library's shelves. In response to her appointment, trustee Marcia Soltz resigned from the board, opening up yet another spot for commissioners to select someone for. That's all I've got for you today. As always, you can stay up to date on the latest local news online at flatheadbeacon.com and be sure to pick up the latest copy of The Beacon on stands throughout the Flathead Valley today. This episode was hosted, edited, mixed, and produced by me, Micah Drew, and music in this episode includes songs by Flathead Valley artist Mike Murray. That's the show for the week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.